from Public Radio. Reality Check Live with Carrie Harrison. Smells like fish. Tastes like chocolate. Reality Check Live. And now, a tobacco industry health fact for today. (laughs) Eating a lot of fatty foods is actually good for your arteries. (laughs) Yeah, if you're smoking a cigarette while doing it. If you believe that one, then you should stick around for another health fact for today from the tobacco industry. Next, preventing truth decay. Truth decay. Reality check. Live. Star Trek legend Nichelle Nichols looks back at Lieutenant Uhura, the woman's movement, and the explosive Star Trek phenomenon. Plus, has Roseanne Barr's politics taken a 180? She tells us about an incident that can only explain it. And we look at the queer frontier, from movement to political reality. All straight ahead. Reality check. Live. We have taken over your radio. We are now in control. We can crank up your radio's volume, or we can turn it down so low that you can barely hear it. Then we can turn it back up and mess around with the bass level. Or we can crank up the trouble. We can blow out your left speaker. Oh, my God. We can even make your radio sound like a broken CD. We are in total charge. We are in complete control. We are Reality Check Live. I know I speak for millions when I say it is an absolute treat to meet you, Nichelle Nichols, Lieutenant Uhura from Star Trek. Most of us grew up with you in our living room, one way or the other, whether it was live or in reruns. You helped us define the absolute clear difference between good and bad. There was always a moral essence to what you did and what your show did. And we're so thrilled to be able to talk to you today in this exclusive one-on-one. Thank you. (laughs) There's no better better than the fans of Star Trek, you know. They really know what they're talking about and what we're talking about to them, you know, what the show is about. In the 1960s, um, we had the Voting Rights Act Mm -hmm. just rolling out. Gene Roddenberry, who... People may not know, but this guy was not a washcloth. Mm. He was a World War II bomber pilot. Absolutely. And he was one of those cool guys who went back to see what happens when you do this bombing. Yeah. And had this enlightenment. That's that, right. That peace is really the better choice. Yes. And made this obviously very radical choice. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of the Cold War, you know, and he puts a communist, he puts an African-American, he puts a... Uh, 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 Japanese guy, uh, uh, Hebrew, Mr. One Spock. of all of us. That's right. <laughs> One of all, in outer space yeah. as officers. Yeah. So not only were you a woman, a black woman, mm-hmm. and an officer mm-hmm. in 1965 mm-hmm. in color. Yeah. Wow. Yes, it was a wow. People, um, they came down and would stand outside if they couldn't get in just to wait till we came out to shake our hands and to tell us how wonderful our show was or how how much they appreciated what we were doing, you know. Um, And a person specifically, they would tell you what you're up to. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I agree. And uh, 
It was wonderful. Yeah. And you are a pioneer, really, of much of the women's movement, mm. um, a voice for the African-American world. Mm -hmm. We're talking planet Earth, mm -hmm. of which we now have 7 billion humans. Mm -hmm. And you were very much the template for how we get to look at ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was, it was wonderful to be that person, too, you know, to be chosen to, to um, oh, live that life, you know, and to represent a, not only your own personal people, people like you, but people who weren't like you. And, and we had that kind of following. There wasn't a matter of black, white, yellow, brown, or green. You know, it was us, you, me, you, me, you, me, you know. I understand that uh, Dr. Martin Luther King mm -hmm. would talk to you here and there because mm -hmm. it wasn't always very comfortable for you. I mean, mm -hmm. you were kind of alone mm -hmm. on TV. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like there were other people mm -hmm. in prime time mm -hmm. in living color mm -hmm. on, MS on NBC. <laughs> I'm saying MSNBC, you know what I watch. <laughs> um, and he came to you and I think probably coached you to stay the course, right? Yep. As a matter of fact, you really got that because I was going to leave the show. He said to me, you can't. Don't you know who you are? What you mean to people? You can't go. When he got through, I, I couldn't go. <laughs> Even though when you first start out on, on it, you, you think, nobody's going to care. Everybody cares because you're representing them. You're talking to, like we're talking to one another. You're talking uh, a person to person about something very important to the world, you know, who we are and what we're doing. And it makes a difference. Well, speaking of making a difference, other than the fact that I'm starstruck, and I've talked to a lot of people, but... I'm delighted. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Carrie Harrison here with you. We're talking to Star Trek's Nichelle Nichols, Lieutenant Uhura, of course became famous aboard the USS Enterprise in the Star Trek television series between 1966 and 1969, as well as succeeding motion pictures. Lieutenant Uhura, Nichelle Nichols here, was groundbreaking because she was one of the first African-American female characters on American television not to be portrayed as a servant. She also later worked to recruit diverse astronauts into NASA, including women and ethnic minorities. You had the first in human history mm -hmm. that we know of mm -hmm. interracial kiss yes. on television. Yes. Game-changing. Yes, yes. But so did my family. <laughs> Truly. When you were handed the script, you may not have thought of it as an interracial kiss. No. But when it's on TV, yeah. I mean, it was first, clearly planned. The first interracial kiss on television, anywhere. <laughs> and I said, it is. Oh, that's interesting. And I didn't think of it as that, wow, you know. But people kept coming up to me and are relating in the conversation how incredible that was. And I'm going, it is, you know. 
And uh, but in my family, it just simply wasn't because uh, I come from a widely interracial family. So if you realize you're different, <laughs> you know, uh, it plays with your mind. You know how dif- different from what. Well, I'm no different from anybody else. They're no different from from me. And then my family, there's everybody in the world. You know, black, white, yellow, brown, and red. And and I'm not joking. You know, so it didn't seem strange to me in any way to be out in the world. The White House today and the whole sort of interesting political structure. We're like back in these basic struggles once again. We'll be out of them before you know it. Because we don't put up with that. We don't we don't um, we don't live that life. And life has to move out of the way for everyone. And and uh, that's just the way it is. Like it or not. That's the way it is. Yeah. Life is for everybody. Your favorite Star Trek episode? Anytime I get to get off the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> they had me locked on that bridge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had this really a, a, a responsible job. I never got off the damn bridge. <laughs> so I went and I told them, and I think there was an episode when 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 I, they did something about my life off the bridge, you know. And I went, whew, that was interesting, but I do that every day. Let me get back on the bridge. <laughs> I, I love the show, and I love being part of it. You must experience many times we all know you but you don't know us like we walk up to you like well hey let you know let's i know you (laughs) i know you i know every last one of you out there (laughs) because i'm 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 part of you you're part of me i know live long and prosper Star Trek's Nichelle Nichols, Lieutenant Uhura, joined us as she has yet another birthday in her 80s after celebrating more than a half century in the Star Trek franchise and raising multiple generations through her sweet spirit and gentle nature. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Reality Check Live. Reality Check Live with Carrie Harrison. Next on Reality Check Live. Roseanne Barr. That's right. We did have sex, but that was way back in the Planet Hollywood days. You know, he had just lost a lot of weight, and, you know, so our things hooked up all right. (laughs) Reality Check Live. Late this year, the men of the Starship Enterprise will make their final voyage. Who will take their place? It's the wives of Star Trek. Mrs. Scott, we need more Chablis on the bridge if we're going to make that blue light special on KMOS before it ends. You cannot do it, Mrs. Captain. We need more Waterford Crystal. Well, then wash some more. My nails will not stand the strain. Mrs. Spock, quickly, analysis. I'm sorry, Mrs. Captain. I'm experiencing a mood swing. Mrs. Bones, you're needed on the bridge. Mrs. Spock is under attack by her, um, 
you know. Damn it, Mrs. Jim. You just made my souffle fall. I'm a homemaker, not a gynecologist. Should I give her a back rub, Mrs. Captain? Keep your hands to yourself, Mr. O'Hara, but report to my quarters in 15 minutes. All right, then. <clears throat> Miss Sulu, chart a course for Frozen Glodger 3. The Wives of Star Trek, coming to a theater near you. Beam up the Avon representative, Mrs. Scotty. Moisturize. <laughs> News. Reality Check. Recap. For Reality Check Live, I'm Mercy Malik. A recently discovered Nazi super submarine that sank off the coast of Denmark more than 70 years ago may have been an escape sub for Nazis fleeing to South America. Live Science reports that the sub is a Type XX1 U-boat, which held 58 men, all of whom died when it sank in 1945 during British bombings. Although the war ended before the Germans could launch an actual fleet, the design's water and battery systems could keep it running underwater longer than any other submarines at the time. The uncovered sub, moored at Denmark's Sea War Museum, is the most advanced German submarine known to have been built during World War II. Where the sub was heading remains unknown, though several have speculated that Norway was a likely destination. Multiple theories suggest that this super sub may have been the only one ever launched, as the only other example of an XX-1 currently sits in a museum dry dock in Berlin. And now for your political minute. Coverage of the Me Too movement may have diminished since its height in the fall of 2017, but reports of sexual harassment have not. Coachella, one of the world's largest music festivals, which takes place in the California desert once a year, is reportedly not immune to sexual assaults, in fact, quite the contrary. In an article published by Teen Vogue and widely shared via social media, journalist Vera Papasova reported being groped 22 times in a 10-hour period spent at the festival site. Papasova says she talked to 54 different women who all said they had been sexually assaulted during the first weekend of the festival alone. Sexual assault at music festivals is a worldwide phenomenon, prompting organizers from California's Lightning in a Bottle to Sweden's Bravala Festival to take measures ranging from on-site medical and counseling teams for victims to wristbands bearing the slogan, Don't Grope. For Reality Check Live, I'm Mercy Malik. Recap Reality Check Live. Carrie Harrison here with you. This is Reality Check Live. When I left network radio and came over to public radio, I started with Roseanne Barr. It just turns out she was on the air but relocating to Hawaii, so we did it together for quite a while. And back then, our politics were pretty much in alignment. Pretty basic, uh, open-minded. Best way to look at it. Open-minded. What's really true, the best that we can get at it. And with the reboot of her new show, it looks like a 180 to a whole lot of people. I can't explain what this all is. But what I can do is provide to you a discussion which may offer some insight. I sold my soul to the devil when I was 12 so that I could become famous in show business without having to lose any weight. <laughs> and um, so, of course, it happened. And years later, you know, I forgot all about it. And then when I sang the Star Spangled Banner, I realized that's when the devil was coming back from my soul. <laughs> so I had to meet with him. I invited him over wow. to Spago. And we had dinner there. And I asked for a refinance job on, you know, the whole soul thing. Nice. And me and him got into a really deep philosophical uh discussion about the 90s in the stock market and um it has a real happy ending and i i just i just want like to a say. massage yeah. a happy ending now i recall um 
when you announced your presidency, yes. your, your your run, mm-hmm. your your twofer, yeah, my twofer. A, as prime minister of Israel. Uh-huh. At the same time, I remember you had mentioned that you had spent a night with Rush Limbaugh. Do I remember that? That's correctly? right. We did have sex, but that was way back in the Planet of Hollywood days. <laughs> oh. You know, he had just lost a lot of weight, and you know, so our things hooked up all right. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, afterwards, I just said, I thought I knew I right away. Jeff threw up in there. No, <laughs> I, I knew right <laughs> away. I knew right away that I, I had made a mistake. And <laughs> I, you know, I just couldn't continue with it. So I, just, I understand. You know, I, had, I had to maybe hurt him a little, but, you know, sometimes you have to do that. Be like, I'm sorry. You know, sure, we had our great night. Which wasn't so great. But, um, you know, sometimes it's just two ships in the night, and it only lasts one night. So. Right. One hits an iceberg, See, and you know it wasn't a good fit. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> he borrowed his friend's Viagra and went down to the Dominican Republic uh, with it to get the, uh, you know, yeah, minimum yeah. wage prostitutes down there. And uh, I, I guess yeah. that's kind of how he comforted himself. <laughs> For a long time. Mm-hmm. Harrison, with you, we're talking to Roseanne Barr about just the meaning of life generally from a perspective of somebody who's been in the middle of humanity for so many years, articulating it uh, in the course of fiction, through allegory, through uh, metaphor, uh, parody. I like the big satire. That's the what big I'm kind of into now. Yeah, the I big S. It. In fact, speaking of Mark Twain, did you see his book? Did you see that book that he wanted published 100 years after he died? I got it. It's so genius. He's so right on about the place and time we're living in right now. Mm. I mean, the guy saw it 100 years out. Everybody should pick that up. You should offer that in in your... uh, in our pledge run? Yeah. You know, uh-huh. That's a great Isn't idea. It? It's it like this thick, and there's two volumes. Oh. Well, he was too. Without him, people wouldn't have understood about the Spanish-American War. Yeah. I mean, things that were popular and told that we had to do it or else, that he was of the lone voice. Yeah, he mm-hmm. certainly was. He's everything that every comic like secretly wants and hopes to be. Mm-hmm. The guy was hilarious, and uh, what a social critic. And I mean, all of us kind of have our little Mark Twain thing <laughs> that we, we want to hook up and be like that. This is is reality checked live in hd they're hot sweaty and when they swing they love to get loud they're women tennis players and you can listen in live at 1-900-HOT-GRUNTS whether you're into singles or doubles you can be their special ball boy at 1-900-HOT-GRUNTS. Call now and work on your forehand while these hard-court hard bodies serve up the hottest grunts. Is it out or is it in? One phone number is all you need. 1-900-HOT-GRUNTS. Ooh, that was right on the sweet spot. NPR. This is All Things In Consider. Reality Check Live. Reality Check Live with Carrie Harrison. I want to introduce to you here on Reality Check Live, realitychecklive.org, and of course our social media at realitycheklv. I want to introduce to you Vic, Vic Jarami, who is doing our Queer Frontier with Vic. Why? Because it happens to be about... Uh, a quarter of the U.S. population, so it turns out, in some way or the other. And Vic, I want to welcome you to Reality Check Live officially. Thank you. Now, 
queer frontier. It is a frontier. I mean, think about it. It was 1997 when Ellen came first bursting through the kindling of her closet door on ABC, was immediately fired. Uh, and that began the Petri dish. So when you say uh, for a gay person, well, you know, you go on a date, you go, how do I do that? Ask the founding fathers. Well, who are they? Well, we don't have any. So this is the test tube. It is still developing. It is still a frontier. Absolutely. Actually, since we're in L.A., I have to um, I have to mention this because a lot of people don't know. In fact, a lot of people in the LGBTQ uh, community don't know everything, LGBTQ+, plus, uh, that uh, – the modern LGBTQ movement didn't actually start at Stonewall in New York. It actually started right here in L.A. At not the Black Cat? At the Black Cat Tavern. Two years. Two years before Stonewall Exactly. LA. 1967, Black Cat Tavern, which is still there in Silver Lake. And that's sort of started this movement and this frontier is still going and it's still relevant. You know, just because that's such an interesting story, at the Black Cat, two years before famous Stonewall, which everyone thinks is the beginning of it because it happened in New York City, Judy Garland had just died. And let's just say the drag queens were agitated. Judy Garland had just died. The cops come in with their batons and start beating up drag queens. The drag queens struck back. Right. Things to come. But two years before that, the LAPD notoriously would come into the gay bars and do the same thing. But Judy Garland was still singing on stage. So it wasn't time yet. Exactly. And that's um, that's a piece of LGBTQ history that some people are not aware of. In fact, last year, the uh, Grand Marshal of L.A. Pride was uh, one of the, you know, dozens of people that started the movement yeah. and were very um, implemental in in what transpired in uh, Black Cat and Forward in L.A. So a lot of people who, uh, because this audience is broad, when I helped start the Gay Channel on Sirius XM, I think it's like 15 years ago now, um, it was their intent was just to give programming that would reach gay people. And we ended up having 90% of the listeners were straight people because we would – and this is to your point – we would talk about stuff that straight people at the time weren't allowed to talk about, like, do men have feelings? Caution. Warning. <laughs> overload. System overload. Surprise. Why, yes, they do. And so, really, it's it's very mainstream. Absolutely. It's, it's just that, you know, we still kind of think and, and, and the laws are still a little bit a ambiguous, but it's a civil rights movement and we contribute a lot. I mean, imagine Disneyland without us. Imagine – TV without us. Imagine films. Broadway? Broadway. Right. It's not going to happen. All of entertainment? Yeah. In fact, Logo, Logo TV, and uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, a highly successful uh, show, to say the least, it has a huge audience uh, in middle America, women, yeah. heterosexual. So, yes, we're definitely, uh, you know, we're not just talking to an educating and entertaining uh, LGBTQ, but as well, just everyone was interested. The segment is called Queer Frontier. We're talking to Vic Jarami. Harrison with you. This is, of course, Reality Check Live. You can check us out at realitychecklive.org. Our social media at realitychecklv. LV stands for live. At realitychecklv. Same thing on Facebook. At realitychecklv. And we're talking about the queer frontier. What is happening in America with our 15,000 uh, transgender troops that are active right now in combat many of them some are flying drones who knows it's we're not allowed to know where they are but we do know these numbers so it is throughout the u.s population always has been since the beginning of time and 
we're talking about where this movement is going and why it's actually important. Um, one of the things that's gone on just in recent times is this notion of assimilation where we all sort of blend into the population and then ultimately kind of disappear. But there is something edgy about gay people, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You know, it's um, assimilation is good, but uh, also keeping to um, to your to the unique culture is uh, there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, and, um, I, I'm going to give a personal story. Um, I'm just going to out myself here. You'll see, I'm not looking on camera. I'm looking at Tony Sweet. I am that way, Tony. <laughs> yep, it's true. That's it. You said it. And my You're twister out. or twin sister is also that way. So my twister is of the lipstick lesbian variety. So 100% of my parents' offspring are enchanted. That said, there is, in my opinion, something unique that gay people have. And it is that you can understand 100% how straight people look at the world and think and feel. But you also have this sort of add-on that they may not have access to which is you have to run a full secret life as a complete and fully functioning second human being on stage all the time with your real person in the background. The relationships are secret, everything, a full-on, full second life simultaneously to your other life. That's a lot of work. Well, it's we've come a long way. Yeah. It's changed quite a bit, and, and uh, uh, kids now – um, don't necessarily have to do that, at least not in bigger cities. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of uh, there's still a lot of uh, discrimination and harassment and, and bullying and all of that. But yeah. uh, certainly, you know, uh, when I was in high school, I had to uh, butch it up and uh, sort of pretend I was straight. Right. It wasn't an option. I know. I, I remember in boarding school, and I, I was sent off to a boarding school in Switzerland. Yes, it's an abstract and weird story, and I'll tell it another time. But we had mass showers because the school was a hotel in the mid-1800s. And so there was a shower room in the basement with five shower heads, you know, all the way around the room and one master gang valve. Very German, isn't it? And so I had to shower with you know, like five other boys, and you're pubertoid. So I don't care if you're straight or gay, the wind blows and something's going to happen. This was a problem, but they they didn't devise it for that. You know, and 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 that's that was work, just, you know. I mean, I think we all get it. So it, it has changed. And thankfully, the younger generations who are taking over actually don't have any notion of straight, gay, in between, who cares, doesn't matter, and that's pretty extraordinary because that's where you find the truth. If it were true that one is better than the other, they would still harness that opinion. Of course they would. Yeah, absolutely. I think ultimately the LGBTQ rights movement is about the right to be average. Yeah. So that's definitely where <laughs> we want to end up. Running toward the middle. Worldwide yeah. where we ha- we're average and it's a non-issue. Yeah. You know, we don't have special rights. But we're also not discriminated. Yeah. And we just, you know, we, it's a non-issue. And, and I do meet, um, uh, you know, uh, straight um, uh, people in their 20s uh, or even teens where, you know, it's just very passe for them. Mm-hmm. The whole gay, lesbian, trans, bisexual, it's, it's a non-issue. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a huge progress um, that we've made. But, of course, some of our... Some of our progress and some of our rights and some of our um, 
some of what we fought for um, are actually being threatened right now, as, as you know. Yes, we do. And, and on uh, for those of you listening maybe on one of our AM radio stations, um, you might think that this is just a choice. This is just a flavor. Like I want to wear a, a hat. This is my hat. Um, it's a biological imperative. And if, if somebody really actually thought it was a choice, you'd have to ask yourself, therefore, as a full heterosexual male, you wake up every morning and you make a choice to like girls. I'm going to like them. I'm going to – I swear I'm going to like girls today. You actually never think about it. If you had to make that choice every day, then who knows what you might choose? So – Nothing is a choice. And this explains 10% of seagulls, 10% of dolphins, penguins, and get this, 83% of giraffes are same sexual. Really? I don't know why. Maybe it's the long neck. Whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. We get to look forward to a lot more, actually, now, history down the road here on Reality Check Live as um, our queer frontier with Vic continues to unfold. And you're going to captain these stories and bring us stuff we never knew about, whether it's Alexander the Great, who conquered most of the known world, to our greatest thinkers, poets, philosophers, the man who invented the computer, Alan Turing, Michelangelo, carving away that piece of marble that everybody seems to like and all the rest of it how it works why it works and the science and the biology behind it too so that's very exciting and, and let me just give a plug for your thebluntpost.com thebluntpost.com which is Vic you're the publisher and founder and editor of that too he writes yes. about a lot of this stuff too so you can catch that through realitychecklive.org or just go there directly I look forward to many more. All right, my friend. Harrison with you. This is Reality Check Live. Reality Check. RealityCheckLive.org. See, I can't even say it, but you can, and better yet, you can type it. RealityCheckLive.org. Reality Check Live with Carrie Harrison.